Welcome back to the Country and Cold Cans podcast. I'm your host, Logan, sitting here with truck driver Andy, sanitation Kyle, and for his very first episode here on Country and Cold Cans, our esteemed guest, the original BKMC, Classic Rock Carter. How are you doing, Carter? I'm doing all right, man. Glad to be here. Yeah, glad you're on, man. Hopefully we can have you on a little bit more here in the future, you know? so Hey, maybe we'll see. And we'll see. Were you, you're working on your thesis right now, right? I see you're a college yeah. grad behind you. With I you. mean, I mean that's the four year, but I'm looking to slap a master's up beside it. We're gonna call Hopefully. you Doctor Classic Rock. No, you'd have to call <laughs> me uh, a master of classic rock. Master of classic rock. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, solid. solid. Then, then I'll go for the Doctor of Classic Rock. <laughs> doctor maybe. of Classic once, Rock. Once maybe. I get a job in classic rock and work where, a little bit in where the would classic one, rock field, where would one <laughs> go to school to become a Doctor of Classic Rock? The school of rock, bro. Of course. <laughs> so Jack Black is the professor. Yes, um, me and Jack Black, we're, we're close. We're tight. You're tight. I got okay. him on speed so, His Would you say that he's your mentor? Uh, yeah, you know, listen to a lot of Tenacious D. Uh, watch the movie every day. Is that like core curriculum for school of rock? Is cl- the oh, movie absolutely. school of rock? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to have you on Classic Rock Carter. All right, so I guess let's jump right into things, right? Like our rundown today, we're going to be – we have two main topics we want to cover for everybody here. And uh, the first one is Riley Green's new EP that he just released, If It Wasn't For Trucks. I'm going to throw it out there to the man in Montana sitting in his truck since it's aptly titled If It Wasn't For Trucks. What do you think, Trucker Andy? I like the I like the EP. I don't like the title because I don't like the title track. But you're sitting in a truck what? and you're anti-truck. Listen to this guy. Yeah, I know. You know. <laughs> that would be like Carter saying that he's anti-classic rock when his name is Classic Rock Carter. It makes no sense. I, I feel like it, if it wasn't for trucks was the one real low point to me. I don't, you know, I, as you said before this, that if I, if I didn't wear boots, it's basically the same song. I'll let that one slide. It's a little bit, you know, that is a little bit classic for the Riley Green type. Uh, thing that he does is that's not an unusual song for him to do i thought that was pretty good i also thought too is that if it wasn't for boots and jesus and uh wranglers i thought those sounded exactly like something john party would do i can see that lyrically and sonically speaking jesus and wrangler sounds exactly like a john party song yeah so i guess let's kick it around the round table minus classic rock carter because it's not talking about classic rock so he does not give a shit but uh when it comes to the riley green ep what do you think is the best song on the ep let's start with sanitation kyle uh behind the times no doubt. behind the times yeah um and if you don't mind i'll give my little five yeah, for sure uh for sure. quick hitters um i didn't wear boots and if it wasn't for trucks sound like nashville hits just being honest uh they Unker. yeah they just they're radio sellers they put them on a on a, on a chart somewhere um behind the times a phenomenal song and if it uh and jesus and wranglers to me it Sounds like a good tailgate song. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's I'm just sure. something you can jam at a tailgate. Look, I, I agree with me. It's not even just tailgate. It's good driving music. Because when I was driving I home from work today, uh, you know, it's the fall weather starting to kick in here in North Carolina. And I had the windows down. Uh, going down Six Forks Road had Jesus and Wrangler, Wranglers playing. And it, it just fit the mood perfectly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, what? So, like, I, I generally agree with you guys on um, so far on what you've said about the EP. I think the EP is one of the best 
things we've had come out of the mainstream this year. Um, and we've had some pretty solid stuff come out within the last calendar year, but even in the last six months, we've had some pretty solid stuff come out of the mainstream, but in particular, the CP, I like it because one thing you can say about Riley green, I mean, you can criticize and I have at length at, in on past podcasts, I've criticized his songwriting for being a little bit reliant on list style songwriting instead of using a little bit more of a narrative take. But I will say the one thing that you can always count on with Riley green is his music will sound country. And I look, I'm here for that, man, because all too often, uh, a guy signs a Nashville label and he goes in there, they tell him what he's going to wear, what he's going to sound like. And it, it, and then you get voila, you get Kane Brown. <laughs> so uh-huh. yeah, but lost uh, in the woods. yeah, you get lost in the woods, but yeah. And then he starts uh, t- referring to, um, Merle Haggard and Johnny Cash as red dirt artists. Cause he has no concept of what red dirt means. Did you guys see that? I did not. Yeah. That was like, what in the world, man? Like he has no concept of it. I, it just, it blew my mind, but Riley green, his music's going to sound country. Carter's already getting bored of here. Cause we're not talking about Van Halen or somebody, but <laughs> uh, it's his music's always going to sound country. And I, I really dig that. But in particular on this uh, album, my two favorite songs, like I have to agree with Kyle behind the times. And there's this, what I think is good about this album is like, there's this constant theme through the album. I mean, through the EP, I should say, of it's talking about how he was raised his values and what his family brought him up to be and it look it's no secret it's more of a traditional values kind of because that's who rally green is and i think that that's important right now because far too many people are acting like that being traditionally minded is a bad thing now and i think in a lot of ways like you know you can learn something from the older the older generation and, and there's some stuff we need to improve from the older generation as well, but you can learn some stuff from the older generation. That's what I really like about behind the times It's talking about his granddaddy, how like, you know, different things he did, the way it walks through the relationship with uh, his grandma and his granddad and like the way they went about it in a traditional way that I think is very admirable uh, things that are lost on modern society. And look, I'm going to go on and say it. If every other artist and podcast out there gets to talk about, you know, their leanings in one way or the other, I really dug the line where he's, his granddad was saying, uh, I don't talk politics politics much, but we could use another Ronald Reagan because I'm a big Ronald Reagan fan. So it's uh, I, I really did dig that line. But that, that song really stuck out to me because it's talking about learning something from the older generation. And I know Trucker Andy and I both, you know, um, agree with that. And even Carter does too. Carter has a very close relationship with his grandparents. So he's, he's kind of on board in some ways with that as well. Yeah, uh, I that was... I thought oh. that was the second best song on the EP. What'd you think was first? I thought I, I thought Better Than Me was the best song. Better Than Me? That was a close second from me. That was the second one that I I, I, I thought that what you would have picked that for your number one, too. So what was your reason for that being number one? I like how it, it does the whole sort of more in a religious sense of the traditional values thing, too. But it was more of the what I thought I knew. I found out that I was wrong and didn't know, you know, someone knew better than me type deal. I, yeah. I just like that that style of looking back at what you thought at the present from you know a future point of view type deal. Yeah, and look, I can agree with that because better than me in particular is a in the moment song that will hold up in five years. And I say that meaning because it's very in the moment because it's written from perspective of uh, I think I want to say and I could be wrong on this. I'll fact check this after the podcast, but I want to say that the, the boys from Muscanine Bloodline co-wrote that song with him, but. That song in particular, it's it's written from perspective of right now going through like the pandemic, how everybody is kind of like yeah. going through something they've never done before. It's also not 
Exactly, though, because in the future, you could also pull that from where it doesn't the way they worded it, where it's not exactly the well, I mean, they didn't they didn't go right on the nose like Luke Collins would with six feet apart and all that shit. But I mean, it's like but it it is distinctly about, you know, right now, like, you know, sitting at home like uh, he's his grass looks like Augusta and he got around to paint the fence. I mean, it's in the good Lord knows better than me. Maybe where I'm going is better than where I've been. Like I. The, the themes in that song, I think, as a religious person is, I think it, it's very, it kind of brings you back to your roots. It brings you back to what's important in life. I think it was the point you're getting at, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, for sort of, yeah. Yeah. So, Carter, did you have any comment on what your favorite song was on the EP? I liked when he talked about being Southern. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if it wasn't for trucks yeah really though i uh, liked when he sang the country song <laughs> all right so kyle do you have any criticisms you want to bring up about this record uh well i mean to concur with you and andy about um if i didn't wear boots and if it wasn't for trucks you know kind of mainstream nashville yeah they're fine songs uh they're, and, they're just fine i think that we're missing the point too, that it's the same damn song. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the title is too similar. This is my biggest criticism on this EP. Title's too similar. Like the theme is too similar. Like yeah. it's just, he it's like, he looked around and I'm, I'm saying this, not like being serious, but being like, he looked around, he saw his boots and he saw his truck and he's like, Hey, I got an idea for a song. And he, wrote songs. The, he wrote the same song twice. So, but yeah. they're both, I like both in a vacuum. I like both songs a lot. To be oh, honest. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. fine. Um, yeah. And on Better Than Me, you can never go wrong. I like I like new songs that bring in um, older country artists. I believe uh, sure. I believe he's from. Isn't he? Wasn't he a member it was, of Alabama? It was Ran- Randy Owen from uh, Alabama. Right. Yeah. I love I love those songs. You can now, never go wrong. Classic Rock Carter can get down to some Dixieland delight. Oh, I'm all for Alabama. Carter had a Carter. Didn't you go to the Bowery in South Carolina? Place where out? No, we drove by it quite a few times. It. I don't think we ever went in. Yeah, because that was the place in Murphy. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that that's the place where uh, Alabama was the house band there before they hit it big for like a decade. Every so, time we'd go, we'd drive by it and you'd say, that's where Alabama started out. And we'd sounds like going. me. <laughs> I, like to tell the, I like to tell the same stories over and over again. So it sounds very on brand, on brand for me. <laughs> but uh, Andy, so what, what Chris, do you have anything in particular you didn't like? If it wasn't for trucks. You didn't like the song? Pretty much. At all? I, no, I didn't really. Didn't I like that song? Yeah, fair enough. But I, I don't like it because I have heard that those exact lines for the 2000th time, and I was tired of it by the third. <laughs> so I kind of just do not want to hear it, period, anymore. Yeah. I mean, do, do we really need another truck song? I'm kind of with you on yeah. that. That's I'm why I, I was given, if, if I didn't wear boots, it was, it, the sound was a little better, and you know, I'll give that one a little bit of a slide. I don't hate it as much as truck as if it wasn't for trucks, but it was it was a low point as well. Yeah, I feel like now, that song is easily memed as an insult to country music. Uh, what the, if it wasn't yes. for trucks? Oh, easily, yeah. Because everyone, or, this is my thing about like people who don't ever listen to country music. They're always just like singing about your dog dying, you know, the truck broke down, your woman left you, and I'm just like, all right, name me like five songs where a dog dies. Like it's it's. It's not not that prevalent of a of a theme, but dirt roads, girls and girls in jean shorts or any sort of sh- or sundresses, uh, 
fishing when they've probably never held a fishing rod or put a worm on a hook in their life. Hunting when they've probably never shot a gun outside of a gun range. <laughs> Should I go on? I mean, look, I think that's enough. But <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, I, look, fair points, Carter. I mean, look, when you're if you're talking about the mainstream uh, country music that's on the radio a lot of times, especially like 2013 to you know, like two years ago, it was at a low point. I mean, I can agree with we used to in college uh when carter was just working on his associates in classic rock we used to uh we used bachelors to damn you're gonna undersell me jesus <laughs> oh i'm sorry his bachelors in classic rock good lord carter <laughs> but but yeah so we used to make fun of some of these songs like carter used to uh pretend to write these songs they were actually pretty funny maybe one of these days we'll get him to perform on the show <laughs> one of these days one of these days got it hey, look, I'm, I'm, you're you gonna have to you have to cut me a bigger check than what you're cutting me right now there d berry yeah look hey we'll see but uh <laughs> but yeah so i mean overall like let's uh everybody give it a grade i guess is what, what a lot of people do i'm not a big fan but give it a grade what do you think out of five stars what do you give it for if it wasn't for trucks ep as a whole start with sanitation give, kyle i would give it a b plus b plus yeah. So you give it a B plus out of five stars. B plus out of five. Oh, out of five, <laughs> five stars. Uh, I, give it I was going with the grade because I was thinking the exact same thing earlier about with Can the we, letter grade. We're we changing from to... stars to letter grades. Okay, we'll go with letter grades then. Just to a B plus. B plus. All right, Andy. I'm gonna give it a A minus. A minus. I give it a. I give it a strong B plus. I, I can I got. I'm gonna side with Kyle on that. Like I, I think that there was. It was thematically really good and, like I said, very important in some ways. Um, I like a lot of the themes as somebody who's a little bit more traditionally minded, who's also a person of faith. But there, it was lacking in some of the songwriting department to knock it down just enough to give it a B-plus in my mind. Do we want to throw it over to Classic Rock Carter? or give it a, I give it a bunch of nostalgia out of five. <laughs> solid, solid. <laughs> All right, moving on. Next topic. Uh, <laughs> we covered Riley Green, but now it's for the main anchor topic that we will really want to talk about today. And this main reason, the the hook that we got, you know, Classic Rock Carter in here, because after all, he is going to be the master of Classic Rock here soon. And uh, we're going to put that knowledge base to the test. We're going to see if he actually lives up or if he just paid a lot of money for a uh, BS degree. So here we go. We're going to talk about what is, who is the greatest American artist. And this encompasses all genres. It's not just uh, country music specific or even rock music. It's all genres as a whole. And the basis for how we came up with our opinions on this is it's, you got to have a mix of commercial success, obviously um, artistic in, uh, integrity, artistic, like prowess, songwriting, and longevity like you mix all those things together and who do you think is the best american artist so to start off the bat uh let's go to sanitation kyle sorry i almost said sanitary kyle sanitation kyle uh i believe i am the only different one in the group but uh i'm going michael jackson um michael jackson interesting yes um both my parents were 80s kids so i grew up listening to a lot of michael jackson they're both big michael jackson fans um unrelated to his personal foibles uh he <clears throat> alleged whatever you want to say uh he allegedly hey, this allegedly. is a family show we won't get into that <laughs> yeah we won't get into that. uh he was an Amer- <laughs> he was an american icon for oh for sure for 
at least 25 years. Oh, I would say maybe even longer than that. Cause you got to go back to his days when he was a little kid with the Jackson five, man. Yeah. Like, I'm saying from the 1970s to yeah. at least mid 1990s, maybe early two thousands. Hell of a talented dude. Yeah. Incredible voice. So that, yeah. that is a, that's my choice. Um, and I'll save my rebuttal for, for another opinion. All right. I mean, you're not wrong. The man literally has the title, the King of pop for a reason. For sure. He's got the sales to back it up. He's got the music to back it up. He's got the voice to back it up. Hey, he's got so, the dance moves to back it up, even though we're not judging it off that and the showmanship. Kyle, if you will, while we're uh, talking about the next, like while we're still talking about Michael Jackson, look up how many number one, how many times he topped the chart. 13. 13. Okay. That's pretty solid. Like that's 13 number ones. That's that, believe, was that on the top 200 chart? Cause if so, that's insane. Um, I'm pulling a USA Today article right now that I was reading earlier. Yeah, 13 number ones and one more, which he contributed vocals, blah, blah, blah. Number one hits in the 1970s, 1980s, and 1990s. Oh, wow. During the 1980s, he had 10 number one hits alone. So, yes. Yeah, so 13. 13. And, yeah. and that's on the top 200 chart? Uh. That's the Billboard Top 100. Oh, wow. That, that's pretty impressive because I believe that chart, and I could be wrong on this, but I think that chart encompasses all genres. Yes. So anytime anybody tops the Top 100, Top 200 chart, whatever you want to call it, it's, um, it's, that's an impressive feat because not many, uh, not many artists top it that many times. Like I, I know these days with streaming, there are some guys that, that have hit it a lot. Like Drake's hit it a, a ton recently, I believe. But, but I mean, that, that's impressive. So uh, throw it over to Montana, man. Chuck or Andy, who did you pick? Well, greatest American I artist. have to go with. I'm gonna have to go with Tom Petty. Tom Petty. And I, because when you told me that two weeks ago, I first thing I told you is I didn't think so. Yeah, and you told me. Last you told me weeks, I was dead wrong. I've spent the last two weeks trying to figure out who was better than Tom Petty, and I cannot come up with anything. So I, I can't, I, I can't even come up with anything close. Still think there might be someone better, but I can't think of it. So, do you have any like things to back that up, or just I like this guy, so he's the best? <laughs> the amount of popularity he had for the quality of songs that he had, everybody loves Tom Petty. You wear a Tom Petty shirt around town, every somebody is going to say something to you about that shirt. He is that popular, and everybody likes him. And, and it's not like where you have there's certain people that are extremely popular that there's they're, the quality of song is not there. He had the amount of popularity with the quality of song. Yeah. That's where I'm going to have to give it to him at. Speaking of Tom Petty and the heartbreaker shirts, let's throw it over to the soon to be master of classic rock, classic rock Carter. Carter. Uh, I, I kind of think we, we all discussed who our picks were. Oh, Andy's got one now too. He couldn't be outdone by classic rock Carter. So <laughs> Carter couldn't even be bothered to put it on. I know you couldn't even be bothered to talk hey. about, talk about like not being committed to the show, Andy, like uh, uh, literally uh, like just put this thing on before this podcast even started. Exactly. Yeah. Like, Carter, you're at home. I took, I took my Andy, you're at your home. You live, you, you live in a truck. Your home is on wheels. <laughs> you live in a truck and you hate songs about trucks. Explain that one to me, Montana, man. <laughs> Tom Petty is still on tour with me. Damn it. <laughs> It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> All right, Carter. Let's uh, get this train back on track. <laughs> Greatest American artist, too. So I've like I literally have this word document in front of me. I spent pretty much a good portion of today trying to 
run through my mind who in the world would I consider the greatest American music artist. I've got a list of about 12 people that I personally think are up there and then 10 honorable mentions. Um, and of course, you know, as with any list, this is all, you know, my personal experience. This is who I listen to. Let's be completely honest here. We're not going to have a ton of rap and hip hop artists on these lists. We're not going to have a bunch of people that were long before our generation. Like I think, Chuck Berry is probably the oh. oldest person on my list. I'm not going to be able to go. What generation are you a part of? <laughs> I'm a millennial. Well, I mean, because I'm a damn not, millennial. we haven't talked about anybody who's been a part of our generation, but. Well, I'm aware of that, but, you know, stuff that's more accessible, like, like there's very few oldies except for like the big names yeah, in yeah. mine. I'm sure other people that are listening to this probably can comment on other people that we've left out and can make good arguments for that. So sadly, so I do have to agree go with, with go with, give us your top three before you give us your top or give us your number uh, two through four. Since you did all that work, I don't want it to be for not. So give us some of who you think are the, some of the best ones before you unveil your number one. Cause you, so, you definitely put in some work and I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to let you know it's appreciated. So this is what prepared. This is something like, that's, so this is, I didn't really, rank them i thought we were just going to kind of be like you know throwing opinions out and like mm -hmm. throwing out names and discussing them and you know reasons why you can arguably consider them to be one of the greatest american music artists yeah yeah so i'm kind of gonna just go through some of my names here um i'll say number five i'm gonna throw out dave grohl okay. um just because of how much of an influence he's had on music in general i mean yeah, most people would know that he yeah. was I mean, most people know that he was the drummer for Nirvana and he pretty much started and was a lead singer of the Foo Fighters. Um, he wrote a lot of songs for Nirvana that did not get used because Kurt Cobain shot them down, which fair was enough. That Kurt, a, was, that was that a euphemism? Guy. Was that a double entendre? That's kind of not appropriate for the show. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Family show. And we're getting real dark right here before we even get through all of them uh, Andy started laughing no. and my mind immediately jumped there I was like bad choice of the words to talk word. about Kurt Cobain <laughs> the one word you shouldn't use in the entire English language Carter chooses Kurt Cobain shot them down <laughs> all right Better than shooting himself down but anyway <laughs> to Dave Grohl <laughs> um Nirvana, he was a drummer for Nirvana. He wrote a lot of songs for them that never really got used, um, which he then stockpiled for the Foo Fighters, which is honestly one of my favorite more uh, late 90s into 2000s rock bands, probably my favorite band of that time period. Um, went on to form the supergroup, Them Crooked Vultures. I didn't know that. Yeah, he formed uh, that with... Ah, Christ. It was the guitars from Led somebody, Zeppelin. Somebody and somebody. Jimmy it was the guitars from Led Zeppelin, I think. Uh, nah, all this research, I don't remember this. <laughs> Real professional here on the Country and Cocaine podcast. Well, I mean, uh, we don't have to go into the details of the uh, Thunder, Thunder Who. Yeah, them crooked vultures. It oh, yeah. was. Okay. Uh, I was about to say the thunderbolt. Like, right. 
Josh Holm of, or Hom, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, of Queens of Stone Age on lead vocals on guitar. John Paul Jones of Led Zeppelin on bass. And then Grohl played uh, drums and did backing vocals, which is a lot of people consider one of the better supergroups. Um, dude's just incredibly talented. I have a lot of respect for the man, especially considering that, like, he mentions a lot of um, having to put up with Kurt Cobain. Kurt's in my honorable mentions, but I don't think he's... I have him there solely because, you know, Nirvana was such a big shift in popular music. Yeah. Not necessarily because of long-term success or being a great vocalist, but they were incredibly popular at the time. You have to at least... That at least stands for something. I do have a hot take on Kurt Cobain. All right, let's hear it. Kurt Cobain was a very talented guy. Nirvana was a very good band. I'm a fan of Nirvana, but Nirvana is only held in the esteem that they're held because of the way it ended for Kurt Cobain. I always will believe that. I I don't think that they would have been immortalized in the way that they are. I mean, their influence obviously was pervasive throughout rock music, like, sure. But I I think that because of the way it ended for Kurt Cobain, uh, he's been immortalized in a a way in the band has that probably wouldn't have happened if they had toured for 15 more years. I agree with you on that because I think eventually people are going to catch on to the fact that Kurt Cobain was a nutcase. He was. And you could tell if you're you listen wrong. to some of his songs, that guy's crazy. That guy was yeah. writing some crazy stuff down on paper he, and then saying he, it out loud. He had a lot of issues, yeah, a lot of issues with drugs. Which is um, unfortunate. A lot of issues with... Because uh, he's a talented dude, so it's unfortunate. A lot of issues with his wife at the time. Uh. But we're not going to get into that, just as we didn't get into it with uh, Mr. Jackson. Um, let's see if I'm going to move on here. Um, this is one that I think probably not a whole lot of people are really going to bring up. Um, the lead singer, and many would consider the head of the band, Creedence Clearwater Revival, John Fogarty. Okay, center field. Put me in, coach. Yeah, so... What a lot of people, especially in our generation, don't realize is that from the span of 1968 to 1972, CCR was probably the biggest band on earth. See, like CCR was an honorable mention of mine. Yeah, that's fair. Now, there's a reason I only put Fogarty, and that's because on their very last album, Mardi Gras, the rest of the band wanted to pitch in and help write the songs and sing the songs. That album was garbage. It was hot garbage. It broke the band up. Fogarty went on to have a solo career that was still really good. Um, Fogarty pretty much was the driving force behind CCR. He was the driving force behind his solo career. There was that five years there where they were the biggest band in the world. I think he deserves to be up there as one of the top guys. I hear he was a douche, and he was like one of the worst people to work with. A lot of them are douches, to be honest. A lot of of big artists, even in the red dirt scene, a lot of them are assholes. Some of them are really good dudes. Some of them are assholes. But, uh, yeah, I think Fogarty, at least in my opinion, is up there. And, of course, you know, going to be a lot of classic rock with me. Number three, uh, actually including a female on this list. I know, revolutionary idea here. Hey, look at you. Um, Stevie Nicks of Fleetwood Hell Mac. Yes. Hell yeah, bro. Stevie Nicks Logan is up about there. That. Stevie is, in my opinion, probably the best female artist ever. Um, I can I love agree Fleetwood with Mac. I, I love agree. her solo stuff. Um, she had a very decently long career from the early 1970s into the late 80s. Kyle's um, over here saying, What about Lady Gaga? 
Oh, come on now. <laughs> you could probably say her career spans into the 90s, but I kind of didn't really include that in her success because that's when she really starts getting hard into drugs and issues with the band and stuff like that. That way you said personal life was off, off limits. Well, I'm saying is in terms of like yeah in terms success. of success i'm messing with you I'm messing yeah with you. so yeah fleetwood and her solo stuff was starting to really drop off in the 90s as much as i tried not to yeah um you know one of the coolest she, things stevie nicks ever did was that she dated somebody in the band and then when they broke up he still was in the band having to back her up every single every single night on stage <laughs> that's that's a total power move it, it totally is that's a power and move it's <laughs> And it's another reason that I can't include um, I can't include the entire band of Fleetwood Mac on this is because some members were British. Okay. So I can only include Stevie Nicks on here. I could include Stevie Lindsay Nicks Buckingham if I wanted to, but I can't include yeah. uh, Nick Fleetwood. Nick Fleetwood yeah. was English, which is another reason that... Which is sadly the reason why I can't put Phil Collins on this list. But what are you gonna do? Um, Stevie Nicks put out a killer song with Tom Petty too. Yeah, oh, she, she did. Stop 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 Around is amazing, fantastic. Song. I love that song. Yeah. So Carter, give um, us one more honorable mention before we go into your favorite. Okay, so number two is actually the same as Kyle's. It's uh, Michael Jackson. Um, I'm not even going to include the Jackson Five. I literally like went online to look up all the things that he did. His Wikipedia page for his awards only was over a hundred entries long. That's a, awards one or nominated for? Uh, a, a, a one and nominated for. Okay, I mean, even even still, that's incredible. Even still, that's incredible. The man, yeah. it was like, I think it was like a hundred and eight entries of just awards that were just all the way down. I was just trying to look up how many like number ones or platinums he'd gotten, and I was just like, holy crap, like dude was king of pop for a reason dude is still ingrained in culture like and even with all the stuff he did like people still look at michael jackson very fondly yeah and the dude was just talented he had a lot of demons as do a lot of you know music stars his were just a little worse than others his were just a little worse and a little more uh a little (laughs) yeah but for number one it's got to be the same as Andy's. It's Tom Petty. The man literally had a career, put out his first album in 1976. His last album was put out in 2014, which was after he'd been popular, but the three of us still went and saw him, and it was great. 2014 PNC Arena. We loved out where I love to tell that story to people about how, you know, none of us really had much money at the time. We were all in college at NC State, and, uh, when we saw Tom Petty was in town, tickets were like, what were they, like 60, 80 bucks, something like that. For they were like 60 the, bucks. Like, and we yeah, were in the for us to sit in the nosebleeds, we were just like, you know what, we got to do it because we you never know how much longer we're going to have a chance to see this guy. And I'm glad we did. Because three years later, he was dead. Yep. Ton of success. The man won three Grammy Awards, nominated for many more, three MTV Music Awards, tons of platinum and gold albums. He topped the Billboard US rock charts on multiple occasions. Um, highest he ever got on the just the top 100 was Free Fallen, which made it to number seven. And I mean, I'm not even including the Traveling Wilburys. I could probably put like Roy Orbison is in my honorable mentions. Yeah. Bob Dylan is another dude that was up here. He's in. I had him in my top 12. Like 
the guy just he was he's one of those that you can literally put his music on and whether you're a rock fan or you're a pop fan or you're a country fan you're going to be okay with tom petty being played at least for a little while i've not heard anybody ever say anything bad about tom petty's music because it's one of those types of music that you just he's got passion in his music he believes what he's singing yeah he likes what he's singing he's having fun with it that's one of my favorite things about the traveling wilburys albums is that it's just five guys who just happen to be some of the titans of rock and roll through the 60s 70s and 80s just getting together and having fun making an album and it's got a lot of passion behind it and i like andy i sat there and i was like all right who can who in my mind can top tom petty and you know i'm sure other people i'm sure older people would say oh elvis presley would be it because he was king and all that stuff well i don't have any experience with elvis presley like i know of him because he's so ingrained in pop culture but i don't elvis is a little too old for my style i'm not too into his type of music yeah michael jackson great singer i like his music fantastic entertainer fantastic entertainer i mean you just can't i can't in my mind say it's not tom petty yeah and look to piggyback off of that like to get into who my number one is, it's look, I know we're starting to sound repetitive here, but so does a lot of Tom Petty's choruses. But hey. <laughs> which but that's but yeah, uh it's Tom Petty for me. It's easy. Like I, I didn't even I had kind of a, a brief moment where I was considering someone else and I'll get into my honorable mention in a minute, but like it's it's Tom Petty. I mean the man sold eighty million records, first record in seventy six, last record in I think twenty Fourteen, or you can even if you wanted to count the twenty sixteen record with Mudcrutch, like his second record with Mudcrutch, like twenty sixteen was another Tom Petty album. He had three, uh, two, two to three very successful solo records, starting with uh, what was it, Wildflowers, I think in ninety four, which yeah. I I still hold up as one of Hell. the greatest, one of the greatest records, one of the greatest albums in all of music ever. And you know, talk about you know a guy with with longevity. Like I said, seventy six to the mid nineties, the mid to late nineties. That's unheard of, especially in a time where I got to give Tom Petty credit on something here. And it may not be that nice to say, but it's true. Tom Petty made it from the era of the seventies into the eighties, where it went from radio to MTV music videos. And Tom Petty, Tom Petty, made it through the music video era, being not the the I guess the best example of the most attractive person to, to be on television. A lot of the '70s artists that were were I guess not as uh, aesthetically pleasing didn't necessarily make it through the '80s. That man did. He made it through the '80s. He made it into the '90s. Even in the, in the midst of the grunge era, still had hits. He still had chart success. He still had touring success. Tom Petty had uh, 28 top 10 hits on the mainstream rock airplay chart. Like that's that's impressive. That's that's like insane for someone to have that and um like you said his his peak position on the billboard hot 100 song was the song with stevie nicks i'm dragging my heart around which is a fantastic song Killer. um yeah so like tom petty uh from 1977 with breakdown to 2006 solo record saving grace he scored he was uh 27 total entries on the hot 100 with breakdown being uh, both his first hot 100 hit and his first top 40 hit peaking at number 40. Like Tom Petty just had an incredible long career, but also successful. But at the same time, what separates Tom Petty from a lot of people that are commercially successful is that Tom Petty was, he, he found a way to marry the pop hook 
the 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 pleasant sounding um like earworm of a hook with music that was substantive and music that meant something and was done in a rock and roll styling and not only that tom petty's songwriting was was top tier it was fantastic and just the sheer influence that tom petty has had on american music is is one that there are very few in his class in that regard um austin upchurch and i were talking about that on the interview uh an episode or two ago and he was saying that like you know his his number one thing he wishes he could do in life is just to sit back hang out with tom petty and smoke a joint (laughs) like it tom petty was it's just that dude and he will always be one of my favorite artists of all time and like you can dig into his even if you go into his later career with 2002's the last dj fantastic record it didn't score as high on the charts because it was 2002 and it was the era of rick ross and eminem and it, it was his day in the main in the mainstream and um, throw in britney spears too she was a big deal at that point but um it was a <laughs> it was an it was not rock music like that but he still put out fantastic music and his concert that that Andy and Classic Rock Carter and I went to was one of the best shows we uh, ever saw. Yeah, and he they were incredibly talented to be in their in their late fifties, early sixties, or sixties, I think, at that point. So, yeah, definitely Tom Petty for me as well. Um, I, I got to give an honorable mention to one guy. Andy's not a fan. I'm a big fan, but his influence on American music, his influence in just the who our main topic here on this show is like roots music, especially in the uh, Texas Red Dirt scene. His fingerprints are all over that. And that's Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen deserves at least a mention because he had an incredibly long career. I think his first record came out in the mid seventies and he was successful all the way through like the early nineties as well. And he is one of the best songwriters in American music history. No one will ever like change my mind on that. Like he, his, his influence over some of Andy, like, like uh, BJ Barham's credits him as one of the the big influences on him as uh, do countless others in the Texas red dirt scene. So Springsteen, even if you have some qualms with his sound or whatever, like, or the way he sings, like Springsteen deserves a mention as one of the best or one of the greatest American artists of all time. Springsteen is like Isabel to me. I really have a tough time understanding them. It doesn't matter how great your song is written. If I can't understand it, it kind of doesn't work for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I get I that. Mean, you and I have had long and depth conversations about Jason Isabel and, and his, uh, his style. I just can't make out what the guy's saying. Yeah. I mean, I, I literally can't deny you there was Springsteen. Springsteen was in my 12, actually. Most, was he? I mean, you can't. You can't deny him. Born in the USA was literally one of the best-selling albums of the 80s. Oh, for sure. It's funny we didn't mention one band that I don't know how. I have a mention. My honorable mention hasn't been mentioned yet. Who is it? Because it might be. It might be. Mine's the Eagles. Yes, I was actually just about to get on that. So, yeah, 100%. Absolutely. The reason I can't, I I still can't give them an argument over Tom Petty is that they just didn't have the long-term success and as big as Tom Petty was. The Eagles, you know, they're not on why, my list. That's why I didn't put them on, in the top two for me either. Yeah, I, I couldn't put them on my list because my list was mostly individuals. The Eagles are the Eagles, you know. Yeah. Yes, that Don, is Henley, Don Henley, <laughs> you know, they went out and they did their own stuff and they had singles careers and they were fine. But at the same time, they didn't reach the success that they were in yeah. the Eagles. It yeah. wasn't the Eagles. 
No, I mean, look, the the Eagles are are a band too that their their stylistic shift from beginning to the end of their career was incredible. At the very beginning, it was very influenced by like Flying Burrito Brothers style country rock, and then when they added uh, Don Felder and then they added uh, Joe Walsh, that's when the band really took off. Um, they they say that they're when they released the song Already Gone. I think I was pre washed, but when they released the song Already Gone, that's when they really started to rock. And then it all just kind of came together in the stars aligned for that Hotel California album, which is still one of the best selling albums of all time. And I believe their greatest hits album is in the top five. I want to say of greatest selling albums of all time. Like it's fantastic from top to bottom. I know a lot of people hate on the Eagles because they're like they say they're too. Uh, the sound is too slick in some ways. And like the guy from, what was the, uh, Carter, you know this movie better than we did, The Big Lebowski. <laughs> what was the uh, yeah. that? I fucking hate the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I know people that love classic rock that hate the Eagles and it just blows my mind. I don't get it. I, I, I can't get it either. I mean, the Eagles, the only reason I couldn't put them up here is because I couldn't put like an individual member up here. Yeah. I, I couldn't the, put the longevity is the thing that cut it out from, I think both me and Andy was like, they, because it, because they had such a short span where they were together and they didn't have that long career. Cause in my mind, like, and maybe I, and this is my thought as the host, if, if I didn't, uh, wasn't clear on this, but artist doesn't in, encapsulate one person in my mind it, it, it just means like they're an artist they're, a band is an artist like, artist is a band kind of thing for purposes of this but like andy's dead on the nose with with me too like they just didn't they weren't together long enough for me to include them with the likes of petty and yeah. springsteen it, it's how you weight things too i guess in this sense too it's yeah. like for his like michael jackson versus tom petty michael jackson was more popular than tom petty but i don't think his song quality was there as well as tom petty's was yeah. and like with the eagles their song quality i think is it, it is, i think it's better than tom petty but it, it's not enough to outweigh the longevity of tom petty's popularity yeah what do you think, uh, Sanitation Kyle? Do you have any thoughts on these artists? Because we've been kind of yeah, talking yeah, so, over you. <laughs> uh, so, back to what Andy said, um, he said song quality compared to Michael Jackson. Well, I would argue just raw talent and just vocal talent would make yeah. Michael Jackson better than Tom Petty. I mean, I don't think Tom Petty's all that great of a singer, but it's just He's a not. personal. That's, just that's, a, a, that's fair just, criticism. Yeah. Um, now, on my honorable mention, I went away from success and i just went to pure talent and i actually said whitney houston that's a really fair choice she didn't have i mean she had some a lot of commercial success nowhere near michael jackson yeah tom petty she's probably the greatest american singer <clears throat> american from a, singer from a vocal standpoint yeah, yeah just I, from I'm, just I'm from raw talent that. so that's that's kind of where i went with that um i just i kind of went off the cuff a little bit there but that was my honorable mention no, like I mean, Whitney Houston was a fantastic vocalist. Like it, yeah. I'd be hard pressed to put somebody up who I think it rivals her in that regard. And yeah. um, I, she had a a bit of tumultuous times at times yeah. in her life as well, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But um, but you know she she definitely deserves a mention in my mind too. Um, yeah, some for for that. I had her in my twelve. Did you give it? Yeah, just, I did. Just uh, read the list of who you picked so we kind of have okay. so. Is this, in, kind of, is this in any order for people that are uh, not really um just kind of not really in any order uh yeah just kind of as i thought them up i slapped them down so tom petty michael jackson that should be um, a t-shirt thought them up slapped them down <laughs> you make it we'll sell it uh <laughs> tom petty michael jackson um bob dylan i put up here i yeah. mean 
And I essentially had that he was essentially the voice of 60s folk protest music. Like an out of tune voice, but he was a voice. And I mean, yeah, but when you think of the Vietnam War, you probably have either a CCR or a Bob Dylan song as the backing track. Yeah. Uh, Elvis Presley, he's the freaking king. You can't, you can't, yes, exactly, because of Force Gump. Uh, Elvis Presley, I, you can't put him off this list. You literally can't. Like, I don't even, I can't even like rattle off like song success. We all know his songs only just because they're a part of pop culture. Um, Chuck Berry is one that I put up here. Chuck Berry 100% deserves to be on there because the man basically is the father of modern American rock and roll. Absolutely. Like, so much of the stuff that he did inspired later people (laughs) down the line. Yeah. There wouldn't be what we consider rock and roll without Chuck Berry. Yeah. I, my thing that gets me with that is where the British invasion ties back into that same sort of era is where I had to kind of move away from those that style argument in this conversation. Yeah. Well, look, the Beatles definitely overshadowed Chuck Berry. Yeah. But Chuck Berry, the there wouldn't is, have been American rock and roll without Chuck Berry. That's just comes back in fact. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the Beatles, yeah. George Harrison straight up said that Chuck Berry was one of his inspirations, I think. Yeah. Was it George or was it John? Yeah. Was it Paul? I forget. Yeah. One, of the, one of the Beatles said there was us. One of the Beatles. The Beatles. One of those British guys. One of them. Yeah. Anyway, um, Whitney Houston, Stevie Nicks, John Fogarty, um, Dolly Parton. Okay. And I literally you have actually at, included a country artist. I see. I literally have as the note, it's friggin' Dolly Parton. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. The Dolly, woman has Dolly Parton woman is has, an American treasure. I thought you were going to stand by that. The woman has a damn theme park. Yeah. Like, how is she not ingrained into American culture at that point? And she's literally, like, one of the nicest people in the world. She 100%. Has, she has, like, so many songs that you can just rattle off the top of your head. And name everybody knows. Everybody knows 95. Everybody knows 95. Everybody knows Jolene. Everybody remembers her singing Islands in the Stream with freaking Kenny Rogers. Yeah. Like, you just can't not think of Dolly Parton, especially in the South. But any honestly, I beg to differ on that one because so, I so, could not think of Dolly Parton pretty easy. I was trying to oh. I was trying to remember the second song on this. This is incredible, and it's worth mentioning now that you brought up Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton wrote Jolene and I Will Always Love You in the in the same day. That's mm. that's incredible. Like that that's, that's worth and it links mentioning. Back to Whitney that's Houston. And it links back to Whitney Houston. We circled back around and doubted it. Who does sing it better than Dolly Parton? I'm just saying. Yeah, yes. she does. She does. Yeah. From, a, from a pure, powerful vocal standpoint, yeah, 100%. Yeah. But I always am a person. I mean, look, we have a Roots Music podcast. So yes, I'm a person that likes to give a nod to the uh, to the songwriter because I, I put a lot of weight on, as much as I love George Strait, for an example, I kind of give Alan Jackson a nod a little bit because Alan Jackson penned most of his songs. So 100% agree. Yeah. Uh, and then to close out the 12 of the 12 is Springsteen and Dave Grohl, who we've already gone over. Yeah. And then I have my 10 honorable mentions, Johnny Cash. Yeah. Uh, personal one here, mostly Eddie Vedder. I know his singing is awful and you mostly can't understand the words of most Pearl Jam songs, but I think just in terms of success, Pearl Jam needs to be put up. There yeah, an Eddie Vedder impersonation. <laughs> you do it all the time in the car, man. Come on. Th- pretend the mic's not there. I don't know. I don't really have like a song bagging me up or anything right now. <laughs> all right, all right, fair enough. It's Maybe. hard. It's sorry to put you on the spot first episode, but Maybe. I know so you do a good one. Put so. me on the spot there. Uh, Cobain. I already went over Cobain. Um, 
it's going to feel really bad to put these two together, but Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles. Okay. Um, Carter, you're mostly just because of, mostly because of their talent and the fact that they overcame, they both overcame blindness to be some of the greatest musicians. Yeah. Uh, Janis Joplin, um, yeah. James Taylor. Yeah, James Taylor is look fun. Funny thing about James Taylor, I believe I read that James Taylor is the one who got the Beatles hooked on acid. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt that, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Eric Clapton, Roy Orbison. Yeah, and then this is probably going to throw everybody off, and I've mentioned it to y'all already. Who this is going to be? Florida Georgia Line. Weird Al Yankovic. Okay. Weird Al okay. okay. Look, I'm, I'm going to set aside some time right now to designate Carter. Class R. Carter is a big Weird Al fan, so I'm going to let him Weird give Al. a. Uh, I'm going to give him. Ed Mosby two, over there. It, I'm going to give you two minutes <laughs> to yeah, give you two minutes to give a full throated defense of why Weird Al deserves to be on this list. Go. Weird Al Yankovic has been going at it since the '80s. Has pretty much constantly ingrained himself in pop culture. Has constantly given himself a cult following. He hasn't stayed that long in the limelight. Usually he releases an album and then he goes away for like five, six years, releases another album and just constantly finds success. The dude's an incredible musician. Um, His last tour that he did for about every single tour, every single stop on the tour, which was about 30, 40 different stops, his band covered a different song for their encore. And it was covers of literally anything from like the 20s all the way up into 2020 of different styles of songs that him and his band covered. The man's a musical genius. And the fact that he covers these songs and gives them a comedy spin to them. But even if it's a song that doesn't hold up in pop culture, his comedy songs still stand up on their own because he writes them so well or he gives them a subject matter that is essentially timelessly funny. Like years from now, we're probably not going to remember Royals by Lord. Hell, probably no one remembers Royals by Lord at this point. What is it? Seven, eight years since it was popular. I remember Lloyd remember? because of South Park. Yes, I exactly. Everybody I can't remembers. Say that I even know that song. Yes. Anyway, Weird Al Yankovic on his last out on one of his latest albums did a freaking uh, parody about it about the uses of tinfoil and turned it into essentially one where he became a conspiracy theorist wearing a tinfoil hat. That's timeless, even if you don't even know Royals by Lord. And just the fact that, like, go on his YouTube and look up the man playing classical gas on the accordion just off the cuff. The dude is one of the greatest, just talented musicians, and he gets very little credit. And I want to give him at least some credit here. He's a comedy dude, but the guy found his niche. And he has worked it to the best of his ability for 30 plus years at this point. That's a hell of a career. He's made a lot of money off of it. He's got a lot of people that work with him and say he's one of the best people to work with. Freaking, uh, you know, uh, his name escapes me. I can, I can see your points and um, I'm willing to acknowledge that he is a very talented guy. I think the only reason I probably wouldn't have put him on the list is just because of, you know, a lot of it's parody writing, but it's very good parody writing. Like, I mean, and that's why he's an honorable mention. And I just wanted to bring him up because we're using longevity. Fun fact, you know, who uh, gave him the idea for like a surgeon, right? uh, Wasn't that Madonna herself? Ted Mosby. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> now, how much talking about references that aren't going to hold up in 2020? Yeah, right. It's sad. Great job. <laughs> but, but yeah. Um, no, I mean, weird Al. I mean, like, I, I get it, but, uh, but yeah. Just an honorable mention. I know not a lot yeah. of people are going to be on board with that, but I just have to throw it out there, especially if longevity and sustained success is one of our big criteria for this. Yeah. Dude, 30 <clears throat> plus years and constantly been selling great records and putting out quality parody music yeah. for that entire time. Yeah. Well, I look fair enough, man. I, I, you made some good points, so I'm willing to acknowledge that. Um, <clears throat> well, I think that wraps up that segment. Like, it, I, we had some good, some all time artists that we talked about in there. I mean, we had some good reasons behind it. And I think the consensus amongst the, amongst the country goal can staff is Tom Petty. But Kyle made a very good point for Michael Jackson. I think that that, that deserves mentioning. Um, I'm it's gonna, all evaluate things. It I is. totally see where it's Kyle's totally, coming from. It, it's it, this is partially quantitative, partially qualitative. So there's always going to be some subjectivity to who you think is the greatest anything. Um, there's no way to ever as, pick a single person. No, but as long as you make a valid case you and you substantiate it, like I'm willing to give it credence. If you came in here and told me Sam Hunt, I probably would have been like, all right, you're not coming back. But <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, I thought you were about to say something, Kyle. But oh, no. uh, so for uh, one last segment, and I'm going to put Carter on the spot a little bit. But Boy. Carter, will you please, for the audience, look up the song "Ready, Set, Roll" and read us the lyrics like you did uh, last time ready. I was in town? All right, Hang and on. do it do it in the exact same way because Carter Carter was uh, pretty good at doing this stuff. Because Carter, All just right. a little background for 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 some uh, context. Carter hates pop country with a burning passion. Uh, Kyle and me and, and to a lesser extent, Andy are much more amenable to that style of music. We don't love it, but we can deal with certain aspects of it. Carter hates it. So Carter, is this Chase Rice. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is Chase Rice. I kind of secretly like this song a little bit. Oh Lord. <laughs> I can right, see Andy see rolling here. down the road in Montana going ready, set, let's roll. <laughs> All right, Carter. All right. <clears throat> Him. <clears throat> ready. Set. Let's roll. Let's roll. Damn pretty girl, you done went and done it again. You got you gone and turned your sexy all the way up to ten. I never seen a side ride seat looking so hot. Baby, you rock. Hit the spot like a fireball shot. You got me all high head spinning around and around. I'm down if you're down to burn down this town. Ready, set, let's roll. Ready, set, let's ride. Get your little fine ass on the step, shimmy up inside. Just slide, girl. By my side, girl. Yeah, we can t- run this town. I-, I can rock your world. We can roll them down, fog them up, cruise around, get stuck. Pedal to the metal till the sun comes up. I made a deal with the man on the moon. He's going to put in some overtime. We got all night. Ready, set, let's roll. Ready, set, let's ride. And now I have to scroll. Oh, there's, oh, Christ, there's more. God. (laughs) Do you, do you, do you want to cut it there? (laughs) It's like. It's like when we were in first grade and they made us like read along the book and and around in class. Like that's the level of reading this is essentially. What was that poem we had to write in college English, Andy, in high school? Uh, Spring fling ding or whatever it was called. 
Yeah, I don't remember. Hey, that English teacher told us we were doing a good job. He though. did. He did. He had a very low bar, and we we crossed that low bar. <laughs> dude, you can impress That's him all... with anything. Yeah, you could. he's you a very very good dude, but didn't have high expectations for anyone. When yeah. you read that song like a Christmas story, it sounds like a cult follower getting a it little does. rapey. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's very it's very very creepy. I will say it when you actually read it and you don't hear the electronic noises behind it. It's very creepy sounding, um, especially the line where he's like the part that I, I kind of wanted to dive into for one brief second was Carter. What is your take on? Is he saying that he? climb up inside girl by my side girl is he saying climb up beside me girl or get beside my side girl and he's got two girls on the truck let's see here just slide girl by my see there's no comma there there's no comma after side so this is a saying he's got a side girl already in the car chase rice wants to have a three-way that's what it sounds like (laughs) That, that, that is that is what's going on here i mean there's literally no comma here it's just just slide girl by my side girl and he thinks she's got a little fine ass. Wow. Which girl? Sexist. I, I guess the girl's girl shimmying up inside, which is <laughs> not, not a side girl. Because the, side, girl's, side, girl. the, yeah, side, the side, side girl's already, already in, the in the truck. And then he's picking this girl up. Interesting. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so at least that, that's what I'm interpreting out of this anyway. I really want this to be a recurring segment whenever Carter comes on <laughs> because Carter has a, uh, he has a good voice for radio. And when he puts his enunciations and his emotions in a very William Shatner way <laughs> into these things, I, I find it very funny. Hopefully everyone else does too. But <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. So I appreciate see. you guys taking the time, Carter, you especially considering this your first episode, but. Uh, hey, I had fun. Yeah, man. I'm always down for a civil discussion about things I enjoy. Yeah. And hopefully like you can, uh, you can come on some more. And even if we need somebody just to critique some things, like I know you love to, critique country music so all right so when are we having the wildlife biology podcast episode all right that's enough for this episode of country <laughs> cold cans uh, uh, i'm logan sitting here with sanitation kyle trucker andy the man of montana and the original bkmc classic rock carter soon to be the master of classic rock we'll see you next time